occupied zone. The chair is against the walls. The chair is against the walls. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. <laughs> And welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern. Uh, for about an hour, we talk about guns. And if anybody's listening over on the Gun Channel side tonight, um, maybe there's something out there for you if you know who it is crying at the beginning of the show right there. Uh, but we'll keep digging in. Uh, we broadcast this show for now over on YouTube.com, which is an old-fashioned platform. Uh, that has a way to go live, and then we embed that over at gunchannels.com, and uh, soon we'll be using guntube.org to do the live show. Uh, but we come uh, live every night, <clears throat> every weeknight, and uh, uh, just try to keep a conversation going about guns, and we try not to react to the news of the day, and because it's Wednesday, I guess um, I was going to say we're going to talk about entertainment, but we actually don't have any schedule today. In fact, our schedule today was going to be to schedule things out. But we have a couple of people joining us, and uh, we had some off-air discussion here, so maybe we can just kind of start with that and then dig into some scheduling. But uh, we are going to be looking for topics for future shows. So at this point, uh, the show, as you can see, has become a panel discussion. People who are over on gun channels that want to join in, uh, join in, and we talk about the topics of the day. So if you'd like to be part of the show and in more ways than one, you can uh, offer some suggestions for topics here, and we can incorporate those into future shows here as we're scheduling them. Uh, but for now, <clears throat> we've got uh, Cycle Camp joining us from Connecticut. Thanks for joining Hey, thanks for inviting me, and I uh, hope everybody had a nice Halloween. So far, uneventful here, but uh, same. Uh, Dead Horse think, uh, in Utah, thanks for joining. Howdy, thanks for having me. Got a dog uh, in Nevada, state nearby. Hey, thanks for having me. And Taters in Michigan is jumping in as well. Good evening, everybody. Uh, like I say, there are some other links out there. If you had a green dot over on gun channels, I probably threw a link at you. If you're interested in joining, let us know. And uh, what we were just talking about off here there, we were talking about if the uh, military sidearm is sort of universal at this point between the different branches, right? Uh, if they're going to make a new Space Force, then do they, are they going to use the same uh, sidearm? Yeah, I mean, it's the question of could they? Would it even be feasible to use a standard firearm in space for any reasonable task? Or are they going to have to come up with some whole new weapon system? Well, I think there's two different ways to look at that. It's like, one, if there's combat inside of a spaceship or, in, or inside of a space station versus combat, like, outside, like, in your spacesuit, like, on the moon or floating in space, right? So there's kind of two different... I think things that you have to kind of look at there. Um, so they might have different weapons, one for like inside a spaceship or inside a space station and one for, you know, actually out in, you know, the vacuum of space. Yeah. I mean, I suppose small arms calibers would be effective. Like you said, on like the moon kind of situation, 
because then you are dealing with some kind of gravity and minimal risk, I suppose. But I think that inside any kind of spacecraft, I think they'd have to limit it to hand to hand to hand skills with the hand weapons, batons, knives, things of that nature. What about that new frangible ammo? I'm not sure. I know most of our spaceships are made out of like aluminum and titanium and stuff, right? But uh, I don't know. I don't know how powerful that frangible ammo really is compared to like aluminum sheeting, like on a space shuttle or the International Space Station. I'm not a hundred percent, but I know that some of that frangible ammo has gone through ductwork. So. Uh, if it can go through steel ductwork, that would be of concern. I think uh, I think they'll probably take a cue from the science fiction writers of the last thirty years and go back to flechettes. Yeah, because you, know, you don't it don't take much to disable a guy in a spacesuit, and it's a lot safer in a in a uh, control room environment than trying to fire an actual round. I've seen a lot of these like homemade rail guns lately, these electromagnetic rail guns, and I've seen some like homemade smaller versions. And uh, I'm wondering what kind of possibility would those be in a, uh, you know, whether it's inside a spaceship or outside a spaceship, but instead of having propellants and gas and, you know, you're in a, in an enclosed you know, oxy oxygen rich atmosphere, right? And fire's always a risk, sparks, stuff like that inside of a spaceship. So they'd have to worry about that, right? Yeah, I mean I think you I think you're onto something. What about a wrist rocket, like cycles saying just wrist rocket to the face mask. Yeah, I mean I, I think that that has potential. Again, I'm not sure how fragile the hull of a spaceship is. I just don't know. Uh, I think that you guys were on, I think that like it also, like you were talking about earlier, Dead Horse, I think like when you talk about the, the rail guns, if I were to think of it from like a ship to ship, almost like a, almost like a naval battle from a ship to ship standpoint, I think rail guns would probably be a way to go. But I don't necessarily think portable rail guns with soldiers running around inside ships is feasible. At least not now. Do you see the kind of stuff they're saying, the hateful stuff they're saying in the YouTube side? This is why you have to worry about it. That's why when you have anonymous logins over there. I don't I don't even watch the YouTube side. Not worth our not worth our energy. Potato cannons. The what was suggested. I'm just reading what's out there. Now, Midnight Range out there says that uh, air marshals carry frangible ammo for the airplanes. And I guess the, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm guessing that it's probably somewhat similar, the whole of a airplane, right, versus a space shuttle or space station. They're both I, I, think that, I think that's more for the people than the plane. I think the frangible ammo is so that you don't shoot the guy and the guy in the seat behind him and the guy in the seat next to him. Yeah, I mean, and keep well, in mind, but it's also for the, you know, it, so that it doesn't have as likely to go through the airplane, because the airplane has like FRP and then some insulation and then skin, and there's maybe control lines and stuff. Uh, but to my understanding, an airplane isn't as, uh, I guess, delicate would be the word to use. 
as a space station. I mean, they act like a hole, any hole at a space station is catastrophic, they act like. So I'm not sure if that's just overemphasized hype or if yeah, that's true. That like they took like some wire and then put like tinfoil over it, and that's the space station. It's got to be more substantial than that. It's not like if you stick your arm next to it or if you lean on it, you're going to stick your arm through it. No, no, I, I agree with that. I'm just saying that let's say that we use frangible, because I agree, we air marshals do use frangible ammunition. But I also know that they've said that a hole in an airplane from a gun round, the pressure isn't great enough to be instantly catastrophic. And from what I've Go ahead. I say, and from what I've from my understanding, and again, I, I'm completely ignorant on this topic, so I can be completely wrong, but they act like a pin, uh, not a pinhole, but like a penhole, like a pen that we would write with hole in a spaceship or in the a satellite system, I guess, they act like would be absolutely catastrophic to the system. So I, I just don't know the dimensions of the vacuum concept. So what if uh, we get with Tac Daddy and get that lightweight soft armor, those panels that are so uh, lightweight, and line the space station with that stuff? And then that way, if there is an incident up there, there's always a backstop made out of soft armor. You talk about that stuff with the video where the guy shoots himself? Yeah. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Super lightweight, so it's cheap and economical to get into space. Yeah, and apparently it'll handle most pistol rounds. So Google says that the walls of the lunar lander were only three to four times thicker than that of a soda can. That's the lunar, lunar though. Yeah. Space station. Lunar lander. Now, space station is, is, can be bit thicker and bigger because it's brought up there a piece at a time. But yeah, if you're talking about actual vessels that are driving around, they're going to be pretty thin. Just because we haven't figured out a good way to propel them, you know? So I'm not seeing info on the whole of the space station, but. Uh... It says the windows, the glass on the space station is up to a one and a quarter inches thick. Yeah. Four panes of glass. Yeah. So it's not like they're going to have tin foil and then four panes of glass. I think it's the difference between a car and a house. You know, a car, you, know, you can poke a stick through if you really wanted to. A uh, house, that ain't going to happen so easy. So a space station's meant to live up there in space, in orbit for a long, long time. Oh, if you go down to what material is the space station made of? It's got Kevlar and Nextel and all kinds of crap in it. Wow. They already put the soft armor. Oh, they're already putting Kev Kevlar in it? All right. That, so that. Okay. Okay, I'm, getting, I'm switching to 44 Magnum. Yep. The outer bumper is made of aluminum, and the shield is normally stuffed with single intermediate blanket consisting of six layers of Nextel and six layers of Kevlar. I don't know what Nextel is. I thought that was a phone company. It's a bunch of old phones. So that <laughs> they, they, they took all those old Nokia's that you couldn't break. <laughs> well, as long as they're not using those uh, galaxies there that uh, catch on fire. <laughs> yeah, like oh no, we used to, that's what we put in the insulation of the space shuttle or the space station. <laughs> 
That'd be hilarious. Well, that's like, that's actually pretty cool. I didn't realize Kevlar was being used in spaceships. And as far as I can, I'm, I'm trying to look up this Nextel material, but it appears to be pretty durable also. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that makes pistol rounds at least seem more viable. Well, with all the tiny tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of little minute fragments of... Um, um, Oh, they have become dysfunctional over the years and collided with other things and smashed into a bazillion pieces that just need to nick something because they're traveling at 10,000 miles per hour or whatever. 27,000 kilometers an hour. Yeah, yeah immensely fast. So you yeah. just, you know, one little teeny ass, tiny ass thing to make a nick in something critical. Yeah. NASA says that even dust sized grains present considerable danger. Wow. So the so really all you need is a, is a big ass can of ball bearings and just throw them in front of whatever you're trying to destroy. Velocity, not size, <clears throat> not right. matters. Has that uh, the Nextel? You type in Nextel material. It's called a Whipple shield. Yes. Hypervelocity impact shield used to protect manned and unmanned spacecrafts from collisions with micrometeorites or orbital de debris whose velocities generally range between 3 and 18 kilometers per second. So that's 1 to 11 miles per second wow. measurements. So I guess it's just like a giant it must be like oversensitive things, right? That's why it said it's Kevlar or Nextel. Yeah. All right. Well, that, I think that's that's interesting, and it's definitely something to think about. I still see, at least with current technology, I think they put a there'd be a bigger emphasis on up close and personal combat over, especially with how expensive it would be to get all this stuff into space. Well, I'm I'm kind of excited for the Space Force because I mean, look at the budget the military has versus NASA's an annual budget, right? So I think this will actually advance space exploration and space technology. Yeah, think of the problems they're going to have to try to solve to get any kind of a significant number of people up there. I, I, I have my concerns. After you know, we're not really through, but. Uh, but I'm going to say, you know, we're partial. We're, it's not as much of a concern, the Cold War, um, that to now escalate another aspect of living um, concerns me. If you look at our dependency on um, all of the things that are out there, it, you know, traveling over our heads. Yeah, but this could also give us a form of security with those things traveling over our heads. If we had a a stationary man force uh, available to always go to do those repairs, somebody, you know, a group that's in that environment, so we're not always having to make that travel in an emergency state. Right, but it doesn't have to be military to go do what you're saying. No, but I... I I mean, because if it is military, then you're then you're just begging other countries to then put up their own military force, and now we have a new 
a new area where people can die and and affect far more than just the people that are up there. What about for like emergencies? Because I think it would be far faster if you were already up in space to basically go anywhere on the planet and literally like under what, 20 minutes? Anywhere on the planet in under 20 minutes if you're already up in space? Because like uh, I've seen some videos of like them orbiting in the, uh, I can't remember if it was the ISS or the space shuttle, but they, they were saying that they see like six sunrises a day or something because of, the, you know, they're rotating around Earth much faster than Earth is rotating. So, you know, like, you know, they rotate Earth like every, what was it? Was it, was it like every 23 minutes or something? It was something really fast. Like, that, you know, they orbit Earth really, really fast. So they can basically get anywhere in the world in just minutes. Yeah, that's what makes it so hard to do the the uh, radio reception with them because from the time they come up over the horizon to the time they go back down over the other side is only like six eight minutes. It's very little time at all. Now to have a secondary emergency repair facility, I think makes perfect sense. Because right now, we're, you know, that whole system up there is almost at a single point of failure. Yeah, I mean, they're still I mean, running IBM servers up there. Yeah, I mean, we're totally dependent on the Russians to get people up and down. And I don't know if you guys saw recently, but uh, the last Russian uh, uh, rocket blew up. Luckily, the cosmonauts in it survived. Yeah, I saw they had a, fa I th I saw they had a failure to take off. Yeah, and luckily... Yeah, they were able to jettison before... Uh before the thing hit the yeah, which one. is really lucky, right? I mean, but the guy, the, the, the reason why they were going up there is they were only really taking one guy up there, and that was the expert that was to fix the hole that's in the space station right now because there's a hole like a meter wide in the space station right now. <laughs> and the guy who was supposed to fix that was on the rocket that just blew up. And if right. they can't make it back up by December, they got one more rocket. They only have one rocket right now. And if they can't make it by December, they're talking about evacuating the people on the ISS space station. And it'll be like the first time in over like 20 years that no one's been constantly in space. I never uh, understood why we took all of our shuttles out of service instead of keeping one in service in case of emergency. It's, a, it's like a lifeboat sort of thing. And then totally dependent on the, on just one country system as a method of getting up and down. That makes no sense to me to this day. We do have a, a type of space shuttle, I believe it's called the Aurora. And it just uh, served like 180 days unmanned in space and then came back down. It's basically like a drone. and uh, But it's big enough to carry people and cargo. It's like a huge drone, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, they had it up in space for half a year and uh, doing stuff with it. And so, like, they've been testing that kind of top secret-ish because it's on the military Air Force side of things, not the NASA side of things. So we don't always hear about everything that the capabilities that we actually have to make it into space if needed to. Right. Well, I was aware of the Aurora program. It just I was not aware that there was that far along, as well as, you know, it's not intended to necessarily to be a lifeboat. Well, I mean, I see, I see where Dano's getting with the with kind of the risk of it being a military initiative. But just I look at 
from a human history standpoint, every great advancement for the most part that we've made always seems like it has a military initiative behind it. I mean, our industrial revolution was massively pushed by military desires and innovation. I would use the example of Antarctica as to show how we can successfully work together even though there are interests in development in a peaceful way to expand the knowledge and science and moving mankind forward to find out what's an example what's going down uh, or all, what exactly is involved in Antarctica, uh, that we can do it. Uh, it's just a matter of do we want to do it. Again, I, I think that in a perfect world, in the right mindset, that we would have public funding doing it. But so far, that hasn't been working out. Um, so I do think that the military route is most likely to get that ball going. And then maybe the private public sector. Funding. Well, yeah, NASA just has, I mean. The money from is us. Yeah, but NASA just gets, I mean, just, I mean, probably less than like, one percent of what our military funding gets right so i mean if we can use that money it's not like we're going to be able to convince our government hey give all that money instead of giving it to the air force or the space force give it to nasa it, that's just not going to happen no but, what I am but for is uh some of the commercial projects that have been up to go to outer space as for emergency to help People either get up for a repair or get down for an illness or something. You mean privatization of space flight? Yes. Like Virgin Galactic? And exactly. Like I mean, so when you said not publicly funded, I thought, Muscle Dog, that's what you meant. No, I'm saying that you, know, you get that every time we've had a major technological revolution, for the most part, there's always been a military interest that drove the private sector into wanting to invest in it first. So I think that by getting that the military initiative, since they are going to have the biggest uh, bankroll to play with first, I think them kicking the ball off and getting all of these the people in the private sector to say, hey, look, get, get them excited about look at this new market. We want to be the first in it. We want to get these contracts. That's what's going to push the private sector into really wanting to invest in it. You know, That's what and, I think. And, and I don't necessarily disagree with that, but we got to look at the reasons why. It's they, they have the vast majority of our money. Uh, it's not necessarily because they're better at managing it or they have better scientists. Bingo. You know how fast the space shuttle flies? When no. it's on a takeoff? Anyone? Nope. Like when it's. It's lifting off from the launch pad? Right. Oh, probably just a couple thousand miles per hour. Or like 1,800 miles an hour or something? Probably like Mach 3? Nope. Anyone else? Is, is it going to be something ridiculously slow, like 100 miles an hour or something? No. Okay. Well, at what altitude, I guess I would have to ask, because at like five feet, it's one speed, and at you know 10,000 feet, it's another speed. It's accelerating. Okay. Oh, excuse me. In order to achieve orbit, what final speed is the space shuttle going? 17,500 miles an hour. Yeah, 17,000 miles an hour. It's about nine times faster as a regular rifle bullet. 
Anyway, that's on the internet, so it's true. And you were talking about space shuttle. So I think with Dan, and, and, that, and that makes sense because they said the the space station traveled at twenty seven five uh, kilometers per hour, twenty seven thousand five hundred kilometers, and that's, that's seventeen five is about twenty eight thousand kilometers. So the, at least the numbers seem to track. Yeah, but that's low Earth orbit. That's that's how how fast you got to go to keep from falling back in. And low Earth orbit's usually only about two hundred miles up. In yeah, it's not very high at all. Yeah, it's not very high. So what Dano was saying, I wouldn't interrupt him, I think, was that why are we giving all this money to stupid government? According also to the internet, it costs $450 million per mission to throw the space shuttle up there, $196 billion over its 30-year life service cycle. So I'm thinking, I was looking for how much it costs to just for the space shuttle to exist every day. And that's probably why we don't have a space shuttle anymore, because it costs a buttload just to, for it to exist, right? can't just put it in the backyard and like you know not mow the lawn around it so you know it's constantly got a crew and it's constantly being dinked with and it costs 450 million dollars every time we go up so i agree with dano i think what he was saying is why not say hey here's 450 million dollars for the next person that makes you know or for the first person or the best new rocket design and then pay that money once and have the private sector kicked off, you know, make that the prize or something or not. Do well, that's what, that's what SpaceX and all those guys are all about. Yeah. Just let yeah. private sector make the prize actually. It might be the lottery or something. Uh, well, I mean, understand. I'm not saying we should give them the money to do this. I think they already have our money to do this. I'm not advocating to give them more. They can give it back though. They don't have to do this shit. I agree with Dan. I don't want NASA. I mean, NASA, great. I don't think they're the ones that are the only people on the planet that can figure out how to get shit into space. The, the, for anybody who, whether it was, you know, you were in the armed services, you were in government, or you were uh, a, a defense contractor, uh, has seen examples of massive waste of money in all aspects of government. They are so inherently inefficient. That is why I push the commercial well, option. Yeah, I will. I'll never argue against that statement. That is one hundred percent accurate. Mandatory bureaucracy, like, gives gives a framework for the unscrupulous to hide out and and, and exploit it, and that means money and wasted uh, projects. And there's just so many ways to milk the system while looking like you're trying desperately to keep the system, you know, going. Whereas private, it's all about the results and being as efficient and as practical and as innovative as possible is what wins. As yeah, opposed you know, to the difference is you know, work last of, year is going to work this year, maybe a couple of tweaks, you know, to make it even this, you know, more the same. And many times the difference is monetarily, you get paid after you produce, not before. With a military project, you get paid to then, okay, now go off and develop this thing. You get paid up front for that. In the yeah, commercial world, you get paid after you successfully create something new that the market wants. All right, we've agreed. Yeah. But now, what are we talking about for a gun to get it back on track? Are we talking a sad arm, or is anybody considering a rifle for something else? I we think... have rifles for like wildcats and bears, right? And 
is it possible that you'd have a rifle for something like a big ass meteorite where like what are we gonna have robot arms shooting lasers we don't have that so what if some meteorite size of basketball is coming are we just gonna lose the space shuttle or i guess the space station or are we gonna tell the guy inside to grab his 50 bmg oh you know that that has a predictable path something like what you're examining so you can and they have the ability to move it over quite literally i'm trying to get a 50 bmg up there you're trying to use like retro rockets or something they and they have them they have to constantly make minor adjustments well i think that g i think it'll be some kind of something similar to a 50 bmg but i think it'll probably be in the railgun category that they would use for something like that i see that as the future of that type of weaponry just because they get rid of the they get rid of they get rid of the propellant that's why now if you're talking about something bigger than that like to protect a planet that's something different but uh, an incoming object has a predictable path, which anything else that we're, that like like a man running around or in the army, it's all unpredictable paths. That's why moving the source of the object that might get hit is far easier than trying to hit a basketball that's traveling at 17,000 miles an hour. Think of how difficult it is to shoot an animal from a, from a helicopter while you're flying over it. You have to lead the projectile. Now, not now. Imagine they're going seventeen thousand miles an hour. You say, think about how hard it is to hit an elephant while it's running. I didn't say an elephant. I said an animal. Oh. Yeah, I, I think that as far as big weapons go, that'll most likely be railgun technology, unless they can figure out some kind of effective light weapon technology. Maybe they already have. We just don't know about it. Light weapon would be the best because of the speed of which it can project versus anything mechanical. Again, I'll agree to that statement. I think light weapon is, it, I think that would be the end game. Yeah. As far as what they would be reaching. I think but, rail, I think rail gun or rail cannon technology would be your, your uh, space station to space station battle tech. I think that would also be your, your planetary defense battle tech. The only thing that I'm not, a hundred percent about and maybe after talking about what they're building these stations out of maybe handguns are i mean maybe we're gonna have guys up there with glocks and 1911s i don't know i mean it, it just that, that that what type of weapon will they be will they have a mechanical projectile or will they be some sort of electric will they be light-based um well and primarily when i think of handgun again i think of because you're going to have somebody who eventually is going to lose their nut up there and uh, before you can get them in handcuffs or some sort of restraints, uh, if they're in a critical position, you may need to do something else, depending on the circumstances. And I'll call it a hand weapon rather than a hand gun. Because it, you don't want to damage the ship you're in. It's like shooting a gun in a boat. You don't shoot the bottom of the boat. Sorry, we the other have... is acoustic, um, which is technology that they're using right now for anti-personnel, uh, which would not affect the ship at all, but could definitely disable a person. I don't, know enough, I don't know enough about acoustic weaponry to comment. 
lasers. I already seen a thing where uh, I've seen on Instagram, I think, and it's a little thing. Looks like a robot ice cube with little legs, so it kind of looks like the uh, the robots from War of the Worlds. So it's got this little robot ice cube with uh, little three robot little tripod legs coming out of it. Those little bendy legs. So anyway, you, it's got its own little stand. You point it down you put something kind of underneath of it and it'll it's got a laser eye so it lasers i don't know like your phone or like a piece of wood like a domino i don't know it's just for little crafts and shit but it's a little tiny cutting laser in a robot ice cube so they already got that for playing around you know your mom to little you know make wood grain napkin holders how come they don't got lasers in space well, primarily energy, but these acoustic, getting back to the acoustic weapon for a moment, they've been using oh, that. Right. I saw a documentary uh, for the Somali pirates that they're using at distance. I mean, this is not science fiction, these acoustic weapons. Acoustic weapons, can they be focused like a laser? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So that the people behind you are not affected. Oh, we're talking about inside of the thing again. Uh, again, I can't, I can't argue with that. I honestly don't know enough about acoustic weaponry. Yeah, because the, the, at certain levels, you know, the, your own person, i.e. Your, your ears, your hearing system, will, will overload on certain inputs and cause disorientation. Oh. As well the as thing I saw when they were shooting people with it, it was making them sick to their stomachs, like throwing yeah. up and, and yep. spoiling themselves. And it was bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah they use low frequency sound for that. So here's what you want. You're on the space station, you know, completely sealed environment. Everybody's breathing their own farts, and then you want to use a thing that makes them upset, stomach upset and start pooping everywhere? No. If this person has lost their money and throwing controls and endangering the crew, you got to do what you got to do. Oh, come on. There's like a billion other things I'd want to do besides make them start pooping. You don't think off. people are sneezing right now? What? They're already in inhaling each other's biologies through natural, normal functions like a sneeze. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The cells are rancid, yeah. they say. But all I'm saying is I don't need to be adding to all that in an uncontrolled situation. It's an emergency. That would be the only reason. So wouldn't it? Wouldn't a jacked up stun gun be just as effective without the as much of a potential guarantee of making someone make a gross situation grosser? It, it might be. Uh, the, the The issue uh, would be uh, can, can it as long as it doesn't affect the equipment? I think you're absolutely right. All right. So um, Deno is insistent on getting to that punchline there, and is anybody else going to go with the acoustic weaponry? No. Like I said, I, I, I think they'll start using needle guns again, and, the, and they'll use uh, spring-activated ones so they don't have to worry about propellant. They'll have box magazines with built-in springs and uh, a uh, group of full sets in them. Air. Yeah, Impressive. could be. Yeah. I, I think an Go ahead. I think an acoustic weapon inside of something which is basically a tin can is too confined of a space and it's going to bounce off all the walls and whoever's using that weapon they're going to get 
affected by it too because it's just too confined of a space you ever seen one of those things where there's like a wine glass and somebody makes the noise and then wine gas wine glass breaks yep how are they supposed to drink wine up there in space after that down Well, after that bit of science from G-Webs, I don't know what to say. <laughs> All right. Well, how can we get to lasers then? Because, uh, yeah, electric, but then there's giant batteries, and they got, like, big solar panels up there. They require – the disadvantage of them has always been the immense amount of power they take in the to get the desired output. <laughs> I think physics in college in the 1980s, that's what they told us when we studied them. I well, think the, other, the other problem with laser weapons is, is the amount of time you'd have to have it focused on a target before it, like, burnt through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's why, that, like, that, that's the other problem. They, they work terrible on people because people are mostly water. Right. And, you know, you got to boil all that water. You know, it's a lot of... But you just need to, to stop the person, i.e., disable. So you know, fraction of a second to disable the person. Oh, I like I like this uh, Enrique Sonora's non-lethal foam idea. Oh yeah, I knew a guy back in the day. I keep forgetting about this, but I knew a guy who would buy AKs by the crate, like twelve at a time, fourteen depending on what kind of crate it was, and then. Uh, he was making foams that would disable guns and specifically AKs. So, yeah, there's definitely caustic foams. Well, there must be all kinds of different foams, different characteristics, right? Yeah. Um, I guess I, I don't understand. How is a phone going to stop somebody who's lost their nut? Oh, come on, mister. I'm going to zap them with a ray that's going to make them upset stomach and poop all over? How's that going to stop? Technology. Like, oh, I pooped all over, but now I'm not crazy because I pooped. We've known well, about, have been working, and put into service for years or decades already. Person's own, own thing. Oh, well, wait a minute. There, there, there have been quick know. hardening, there have been quick hardening foams that have been used before and that are current technology that might actually work for what I think G's implying. It wouldn't incapacitate the person in the same sense as what you're talking about with the sound weapon, but it would restrain the person. Are you saying F-O-A-M? Foam or or P-H-O-N-E? F. No, no foam, like shaven foam. F-O-A-M. I thought you meant phone as in telephone. <laughs> and I called the guy. Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to butt dial him to death. I understand where you were going with the phone. Oh, I mean, the only, to be honest with you, the only practical sonic weapon I've ever experienced, I think her name is Diane Feinstein. <laughs> Every time she gets on the air, I get sick to my stomach and I have to run to the bathroom. That's a war crime. <laughs> yeah, uh, careful, too much exposure to that is. Uh, yeah, seriously. Hands up. But I, I, I kind of like G's idea. Go back to the wrist rocket, you know? Wow. You know, ball bearings in space and all that? Well, I'm thinking with a wrist rocket, you got, you know, you can use different kind of projectiles too. Maybe something like an ice ball or something inside. Just imagine getting hit with a super ball going that fast. Knock somebody clean out. 
Maybe. So you're saying that they should take a Super Bowl and just wing it in a wrist rocket in the space shuttle at some point. It would eventually hit everybody. It would hit like every button just in some order that they don't expect. And you could you could shoot a round like a glass or plastic sphere filled with uh you know some kind of knockout gas or something, you know? Actually cellulose uh cellulose spheres would work perfect because when they break up they particleize to harmless harmlessness. Does that that'd be just as efficient as or more efficient than the glass? It's not a bad idea. Yeah, you used to pick up it on cutting yourself too. By the way, they have acoustic weapons down to the size of handheld currently. I'm just doing a little looking here on the Google through a company called LRAD. L-R-A-D. Which makes both um, vehicle-mounted, ship-mounted, and handheld acoustic weapons. Next time at Watermaker, all of us are going to be like, man, I had to go to the bathroom so many times this time. <laughs> hey, Dano, I'm curious uh, if that site you're looking at does it tell you like how many roughly uses you get out of each of these weapons? It's just discussing them in in broad terms. I'm sure that's technology that's either uh, either secret or commercial, commercially protected, patented, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Well, I, mean, I don't know. G makes a pretty good point. They could weaponize the Tulsa chicken on a stick. <laughs> that wouldn't be hard. <laughs> After they heat the chicken, you can stab them with a the stick. I mean, not bad. Fact, uh, CNN had a report in September of 2017 about different types of acoustic weapons are used for crowd control to protect areas of attack and to incapacitate soldiers or civilians. But what do I know? Yeah, you're really an advocate advocate for this sound stuff. I think Dan. Well, the only problem is sound doesn't travel in a vacuum. Well, there's not a vacuum inside of the space station, right? Oh, oh I see. So this would right. be strictly an internal. But the, but obviously, you could just get all your guys to suit up, evacuate the station, and whoop, the weapon's no good now. Sorry. Right. Exactly. Too easy to circumvent. Well, yeah. Well, any system that has a single point of failure, like depending on the Russians to get us up and down, and that's the only way people can get back and forth, is a problem. Okay, I have a dumb question. I, I don't know, so I'm just going to ask. With this sound weapon system, a lot of military groups wear noise-canceling noise gear to block out sound other than what they're hearing through their headphones. So is that going to be a way that they circumvent this? Uh, it also changes the um, – um, how did they describe it? So yeah, it, uh, it's it's your whole body resonates with that stuff. It's yeah. not your ears. It's, it's your, your, your jawbone, your, your yeah. jawbone inside your, your teeth. Like, yeah, so it doesn't matter. Your you heart. Can put on, yeah, you can put it's on – It's like when you're at a big rock concert and you can actually feel your stomach moving yeah. in time with the bass. Okay, so like I, said, I, just wanted, I just wanted to make sure I understood that this isn't something that they have to actually be able, it doesn't have to actually go through the ear. It has physical ramifications. Correct. Yeah, and that uh, base example that uh, Cycle gave is an excellent example of how it can re react to your whole body, regardless of your ears. Somebody actually accidentally sets one of them up at a rock concert. That'd be devastating. 
Oh God. Uh. All right. So, uh, yeah, then we'll have wattage limits on amplifiers and, you know, can only carry them around at certain times. You need a permit to buy a big one, you know, all that kind of stuff. What about a rapier? Just a pointy spear or a pointy sword. I'm pro blades. I'm, I'm down with that. So, but like, a bleed that's, actually, that's actually another, uh, that's another popular theme in, in science fiction and in space uh, conflict. Right, the edge weapon has come back quite a bit. Gotta poke their suit, right, and then boom, you got them. They're they're done. Well, or they're outside the craft. What? Not if they're inside. Yeah, but even if they're inside, they're gonna bleed out really, really quickly. But then we have G Web's main concern, which is all gook all over the place. Okay, so one little poke of blood, and if you're good, you poke them in like the lungs, so that it bleeds out inside of their body. But or else, like Dan was just having them poop everywhere. Like hopefully they got their pants on. Well, they do have pants on. Yeah, the crazy man might not have his pants on, or a woman. <laughs> Let's not be gender biased. A crazy woman might be running around with her pants. And if it's that time, well, killing crazy it with a bleeding wound is to, to me it sounds a lot easier to clean up. Then, well, words of messy business. I mean, you know. Well, the, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying it sounds like it's going to be. To me, a blade is much more direct. I don't. You're not putting at risk anyone else that might be hit by this sound weapon. A blade seems much more direct and focused. Oh snap, Dano! Buy one of them handheld sound weapons. Pink is putting out a challenge. He says that years of listening to Magna Watt stereo systems has made him immune to Dano's stun gun. So get one of those stun guns, and then zap uh, pink with it. We'll see if it makes some poop. Let's see if he has pink poop. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll let you check his undies for that. I ain't looking. We'll just let, don't take his word for it. Okay. So I like guns. How about you guys? All right. Whatever. You keep going to the poop gun. So uh, we. I thought everybody in space walked around in tidy whities anyway. <laughs> we feel like we're shorts and stuff. So you guys keep putting off my laser web, my laser idea because of the power. So what if it was a laser burst? It doesn't need to be a beam. On Earth, we use beams because we plug them into the wall, and we can. But what if it was just a little laser burst that sent out a photon nugget, straight line, but a cutting laser, like enough to melt a suit? Well, I think that when we brought this up earlier, actually, G, that that would be the end game. That would be like the, the where the point where the technology would be pushing to get would be to some type of laser burst or phaser tech. And oh. the person may not need to be killed. No, exactly. It just needs to be enough to melt their suit. And usually that energy is going to disperse in melting their suit. So by the time it gets to them, it's just heat. If it even gets through all the way to them. And all it needs to do is melt their suit. And I'm sure people are going to have some kind of like a foam or a duct tape or something to fix their suits up there. But, you know, it's going to take them time to get all through that. And maybe you can just keep shooting them until they run out of patches. Well, and that kind of uh, brings back uh, Star Trek and how they had the different levels on their on, the, on their weapons. And I would think a, a light emitting weapon would have the same thing as far as uh, if you're outside the craft, you use one setting. If you're inside the craft, you use another. 
And I think I think a plasma weapon would be more practical because you need to. The problem is you, it's hard to transfer enough energy and keep it on target long enough with a with a a laser type weapon. Whereas with a plasma weapon, the energy is right there in the plasma discharge. But it's going to go through the the guy and the craft. Cool twofer. If I remember correctly, plasma is like either the same or higher temperature than the sun. Isn't it incredibly high? Yeah, it's like the core of the sun, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> inside an aircraft or inside but a you only need a little bit of it. You know, you only need a you only need a you know a, a not even a teaspoon, you know, just a you know, like a like a third of a cubic centimeter, you know, a very small amount. It's it's to to, to use a candy, it's being star kissed. What happened to him? He got kissed by a star. Uh, like I said, I think light weapons would be the end game result. I, the question is, just how many phases of weapons do we need to go through till we get there? Maybe we'll use gravity weapons and we'll just punch pe holes in people with gravity waves. I, what about an EMP? All you'd have to do is this uh, powerful enough EMP to take out all their electronics. Their you know, oh yeah, their rebreather systems and shit. Well, yeah, again, force kind of hard to direct it though, right? How do you keep it? From your own ship again. Damage to your own ship. Yeah. Well, force versus force, EMP, some kind of directed EMP just might be the way they go. But it, to go back to the situation Dano gave us where we're trying to contain one individual inside our own craft, EMP would be suicide. Well, well no, I see they have EMPs right now that they've been experimenting with in certain cities and cop cars where a cop car, he has to get within 10 feet of your rear bumper. He hits a button, and now your car is disabled. Okay, and they, and it actually works. And so, if they can do that without it disabling the cop car, I'm, you know, like, I don't know. If I remember correctly, that only works because of the voltage that the ignition system uses on most cars because of how high it is. Are you talking about that soda can looking thing that launches out of the front and attaches to a vehicle? No, they got one now that doesn't even have to attach. He only has to get within 10 feet of it. Right. Typically, they throw it on the road, and if the guy goes over it or close enough to it, it will make a connection to the ignition system and short out that out. Okay. But how does he... But how does, they just short the guy's car out? Or are you saying he does some kind of EMP ray that kills the car's electronics? It kills the car's electronics. Yes. It kills the computer in the car. Now, if he's inside the spacecraft where he may not be all suited up, I mean, again, outside the aircraft, possibly. Well, that's my argument, though, is how does the EMP stop a person? The guy's inside. He's not moving because of electronics. That's where I'm confused. Why? How does the EMP? Well, I'm not talking us? about in, uh, this. Would be like for outside the space station or to disable another. You know, he's space talking about guys in spacesuits. Yeah. Okay. Or the guy in the spacesuit. Yeah. yeah. Not not guys not guys just hanging around having lunch in the space station. He was talking about guys that were outside in in suits that have electronic components in them that are mandatory. Okay. An old astronaut with a pacemaker. Well, just the atmospheric controls of the spacesuit itself would be deactivated. Suddenly, you've got no more oxygen coming in. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that could be heating, he, uh, that could heating be a and problem. cooling. Yeah, heating and cooling is a big deal because in the sun and space it can be like three hundred degrees, and then in the shade and space it's minus three hundred degrees, right? So you you have a life yeah. support system in that suit that's not just oxygen, but it's a heating and air conditioning yeah. unit. Yes, and you can't navigate. You can't. You can't use your little thrusters to move yourself around or nothing, unless you, you know, unless you carry a, you know, a fire extinguisher with you or something. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense to me as far as uh, outside the space station combat's concerned. Yeah. yeah, pretty pretty specialized use, but yeah, you get away with that. The death sounds absolutely horrific, so. Yeah. Yeah, you're either gonna freeze to death or or or, or melt. And odds are that'll happen before asphyxiation sets in. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we've gone around and around with this one a little bit. Hopefully, this was uh, kind of topic that uh, people find interesting. Maybe you can take that to the range or the gun shop or the gun show. Uh, have something to BS about. Uh, but we had another topic in here from Dead Horse. Want to go with that one still? If you want, it's up to you, Gene. Yeah, go ahead. So I've been seeing on social media the last couple days since, you know, tonight's Halloween and all, that uh, I've seen it from not only private people, but from actual gun companies, them making posts saying, uh, remember, it's illegal that if you to use like an airsoft gun or a toy gun or a toy knife, or a toy weapon as part of your costume and stuff. And they didn't mention if that's in certain states, if that's some kind of Fed law that I've, I've I that I didn't hear about. Um, and then there's also I've seen some debate on like is it is it wrong to for kids nowadays, if they dress up as a policeman or an army guy to have a toy gun as their part of their costume in this day and age, is that a bad idea? Is that a bad thing? Because when I was a kid, I mean, like, we we all had toy swords and guns and stuff as part of our costumes, and we'd play army in the streets, and if the police showed up, they'd play army with us, you know? But nowadays, it's everyone's worried about, I guess, you know, getting hurt and stuff. I, I don't know. That's why they put the. That's why they put the. Uh, what do you call it? The big orange tips on kids' guns so that you can tell them apart. Not our fault if the kids pry them off. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but uh, you know, I've seen some posts that say that it's illegal, and I haven't heard about any kind of federal regulation. And maybe some states that I don't live in, you know, might have made some law like that, but. I'm just wondering, like, is that some kind of federal law, or, or do do you guys know of states that have laws like that where you can't have an airsoft or a toy gun as part of a Halloween costume? Well, if that's the law, then my Walmart is breaking that law by selling all that stuff and telling people it's costume material. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. You go to any Walmart, and, like, yeah, there's swords and reapers and all sorts of stuff on, you know, all the costumes, right? If it exists, it probably only exists at this point on, like, some – some city that I've that not clearly none of us have heard of. Yeah, the only place I knew of any rules like this were like at schools where the, the schools don't want the kids bringing that stuff if they have a dress up day. Right. Yeah, they don't. They definitely don't want me coming because the last time I dressed up as a cowboy, I carried a real six shooter on my hip. 
Well, I mean, that, that'd be my response if I was taking my, my nieces and nephews out tonight. My response would be, oh, it's not a toy gun. It's a real one. Therefore, yeah. I guess well, I'm not I, I took the, the cylinder out of it, so so you know I disabled the gun, but uh, but that's what I did. To, you know, when it was in the when it was in the holster, you couldn't tell. Yeah, but I mean, they just that sounds weird. Is it a bad idea in this day and age that you know if your child wants to be an army guy or a police officer or something to you know have a weapon as part of their uniform? Should that just be left out nowadays or? I think it all. I think it all depends on how much you want to let the social justice warriors and the PC people control your life. Yes, I agree. I think that as long as you take proper basic safety precautions, such as making sure that, uh, to my understanding, they do put some kind of color thing on toy guns nowadays, don't they? Yes. Okay. So assuming that's a federal law, yeah, that's that is that that is a federal law. All right. So assuming that for everyone out in the world who's not me, who can see that, can see that that is on the toy, I don't see why I would stop any of my nieces and nephews from having their little cowboy or cowgirl six shooter, or if they're an army guy, from having their little rifle as part of their costume. That just seems pointless to me. If That's that were to become a thing in our country, I would be of the opinion that our children have seriously lost. Now, is there a difference between a toy gun and an airsoft gun? Because I've always considered airsoft guns like as a toy gun. I don't know about all states, but I know some states considered airsoft guns a class of firearm, just like a BB gun. Yeah, and they and when they passed this that stupid rotary uh, trigger thing, we specifically brought up airsoft guys that do shit like that and paintballers, and they said nope. If they've got them and you could put them on a real gun, then then they can't have them either. So they treated them the same as if they were real guns. It was pretty strange. Of course, you know, Connecticut sucks anyway. But uh, I'm looking at this link you put in here, Dead Horse. Um, I'm curious. I, I am. I do find this a little curious because they do say the word. That's just branch. one of them. Yeah. Well, that's just one of them, right? That I've seen. So. Okay. I mean, oh. don't get me wrong. I've always told the kids whenever they have toy guns or anything else, you know, about pointing at people. Cause you never know how someone's going to take it. So, you know, I don't know if I'd say it's illegal. I'd say it's bad manners to let your kid go around brandishing even toy guns at random people. But, and I guess I would not be shocked if certain California cities did that. Yeah. Um, airsoft guns. I, I know got into a little bit of heat because a lot of airsoft guns are painted to look just like the real thing. Yeah, I don't, you know, Udamarex is a company. How the hell do they get to tell you whether or not it's illegal to brandish your, your replica in public or not? That's a lot of crap. They don't know that. Maybe where they're based, the city they're based in it is. Yeah, you know they're got to well, be that's Europe. <laughs> No, they're in like Germany or like, yeah, they're oh. over in Europe. Yeah, so oh, well, not. okay, yeah. If you oh, want that's they're in the UMRX USA, but they're they're mainly out of uh you know they're 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 not an American company. They're that that's who makes all of Walther's like twenty two long rifle guns now and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh. If you, you I, know, I, this I, is one of those. I I'd really like to see. You know, I see this meme with the with the circle through it and all that, but I don't see a reference. You know what I mean? 
Well, that's I, what I I'm saying. It. Like, I've never heard of about it being illegal to like. I mean, we have kids here who play airsoft, um, up and down our streets and in the front yard and stuff like that. And like, you know, I mean, it's just, and so they're out in public, you know, and just like how we used to play army as when we were kids, we didn't have guns that really shot anything, but you know, nowadays they do, and still, it's not a it ha, it's not a problem here. I just don't know if it's the same way in other places. Yeah, as far you as guys, I know, you guys have groups of kids that get together in your guys' neighborhoods and play army still and they shoot each other with airsoft guns and stuff like that. That's like a common thing here. Every time my brother's kids come to my property, they they're shooting each other with airsoft guns or they'll get out the paintball guns and have a war. So I don't know about other people's families, but I know it's perfectly normal on my property. Yeah, and in California, airsoft laws in California make it illegal for anyone without the express permission of the principal to carry an airsoft gun to a school and don't brandish it in public unless you're doing it in self-defense. Ha, ha, ha. It is illegal to draw your airsoft gun in public or threaten to inflict bodily harm on anyone. So basically, they're saying you can't use an airsoft gun like a gun. You know what I mean? It's not that it's not that you can't use it as a as a uh, a costume prop. They're saying if you've got an airsoft gun and you're threatening to shoot someone with an airsoft gun, then no, you can't do that. Well, yeah, but you you, you can't do that with any kind of gun, real, fake, or not. If you threaten to do right. bodily harm to somebody, it's a crime. No, That's all I'm saying is is it it it's really. It's really, uh, uh, it's not because it's an an airsoft gun as a prop. It's because an airsoft gun is something that discharges something that could be potentially hazardous to people. You know, you'll put their eye out or whatever. All right, so they're saying it's illegal to brandish your airsoft replica in public, so it would be. That like yeah. any, in Cal in California. Well, like you just said, anywhere. If you're going around acting like it's a deadly weapon, that would be illegal. Leave your air and and believe it or not, New Mexico and Michigan uh, also. Well, it's a but I'm just saying. So yeah. leave your airsoft at home. Be safe and keep airsoft safe. So I think they're putting this out there as a message: is like, hey, our airsoft community is worth more than your costume leave your air stuff stuff out of your costume so that you know it's not an issue and then that way people aren't going to scrutinize airsoft after halloween because of some actions or some inaction you know, just somebody's perception and that's what i was going to get i wanted to go check on the dog but i wanted to leave with this before i book away for a second um by them saying don't take firearms that look too much like firearms, which is them saying don't take firearms, because as soon as they start looking like stupid or exaggerated, they're not firearms anymore. They're more and more props, right? So by them saying don't take firearms, what they're doing is saying we want parties where there's no firearms around. So we don't want to be at a party where there's a rifle slung because it's a soldier or a police officer or a hunter or a competition shooter or some sort of a parody like you know sharp shooter or something and they've got a knife and a gun like p226 not can't make up his mind so you know what i'm saying there's lots of things that could be gun related especially in our culture with so many phrases and things that you know are part of our culture that have to do with firearms 
they're saying, not just in this ad, but in school, whatever, procedures and rules and stuff, they'll say, like, no guns, right? That's all, I think, bullshit because it's keeping guns out of our culture and it's an intentional, um, you know, change where, I don't know, when we, you guys first started talking about it, I was first asked the question. When I was a kid, my dad would make, uh, he would take, like, a broken stock and put a piece of dowel on it or a piece of broomstick or a piece of pipe, you know, whatever was appropriate for the gun and turn it into a shotgun for me or a rifle. He would take a clothespin and jam it in at a 90 degree. And that was the charging handle, painted all black. And uh, I had a real stock with some sort of a barrel sticking out of it and a charging handle. And I ran around before I had BB guns like a motherfucker with those things constantly. And every single Halloween, I was like, I don't know what I was. I was just some guy carrying around all my toy guns, basically, and uh, wearing, you know, army stuff from whatever army surplus store I was, you know, going to. So anyway, I'm thinking uh, the more and more they keep people out of parties and and just walking around and pictures without guns, that's all. That's all their agenda. And I think there's, isn't there an obligation, and this is the question, I guess, this whole last thing was leading up to, isn't there an obligation to us to keep guns in Halloween? Yeah. Sure. I would agree with that. I think so. And, uh, you know, I mean, what, what kind of costume is a police costume without handcuffs, a gun, and a baton, and a badge, you know, stuff like that? I mean, that's no, just... That's yeah, that's not a police costume. That's a rent-a-cop outfit. <laughs> and it also Sorry. makes us as parents deal with our with our children and make sure that you know our children know. Well, well they should know anyway, right? Responsible adults and responsible to a parents. We've already taught taught our kids this. Whether it's a fake gun or a real gun, like you don't point that thing at anybody and stuff, right? Especially. You know, maybe if you're playing army with your friends, but you don't do that to strangers and stuff like that. So, you know, I, parenting, I think, has a lot to do with that. I can totally see bad parents who don't care what their kids are doing and their kids are out running wild, maybe doing bad things or stuff. But that's that's not the 2A parents I know. I mean, most, most 2A parents that I know that are pro-gun, their kids are pretty heavily disciplined in firearms and gun safety, and, and they won't even point an airsoft or a uh, cap gun at somebody, let alone a real gun, you know? Yeah, I'm in the same boat on that. Yeah, and, there, and let's face it, there are some costumes where the firearm is a static element of the costume and never has to come out of a holster. Like like you said, if you're a cowboy or a, a police officer or a, that kind of thing. But then there's other costumes, like if you want to be uh, a Marine or a sniper or something like that and you want to take your airsoft ar-15 and you know you're going to wear it you're not going to wear it strapped the whole time i mean eventually you're going to hold it at low ready or whatever so so but but that again it's it's all this let's if we get all the guns out of sight of the culture then people won't care when we take them away from everybody i think this is how we brainwash kids well not we but i think this is how they are brainwashing kids to teach them at an early age that guns are 
evil and scary and bad. Ghostbusters guns must be bad. I can't I can't carry one around on Halloween. I, th- I can't even carry a toy gun. Like right. Like, I can't it's, it's, there are rules. So right. I mean that's all it takes. It doesn't even matter what the rules are. There are rules for this, comma. So dot dot dot. The fact that the government even has to point, you know, put attention at it is is the problem. They don't say, oh, well, don't be a bartender because there's drunk driving. Oh, you're going to be a truck driver? Well, don't be a truck driver who's on, on speed or meth or something because that's an issue. Like, oh, you're going to be a, high, a construction worker? Well, don't be a, you know, construction worker that works with lead. You know, I mean, they, all of a sudden it's guns. What else is there that they, they let them have their boobs hanging out? Uh, you can be all kinds of like, you know, whatever. What am I trying to say? Puns or whatever. You know how you like dress up as a a phrase or whatever that can be as rude or as lewd. That's congratulated. But guns, come on. You could be a serial killer. You can be all kinds of like real or imagined. Oh, all sorts of bloody and gory and horrific kind of stuff, right? With like guts hanging out. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's fine. Knife, yeah. big bloody knife, a cleaver, a chainsaw, a gun. Come on. Yeah. I mean, ha- ha- Halloween has turned. You know, my wife's heard me say this a thousand times, but Halloween, for the most part, has turned into how gory can we get or how slutty can we get? And they're worried about toy guns. I think we have other issues that are a little more concerning than whether or not a kid dresses as a cowboy and has an accurate sharpshooter sitting, you know, or six shooter in the holster or whether somebody wants to go as a Marine and wants to walk around with their fake M16, who cares that, you know, that should be something that they're allowed to do. And it's a shame that it's it's even become an argument in the culture that we have to have about it. I think it's a shame when we see actual gun companies posting this kind of stuff. Though that's what really, you know, if someone wants to have their own personal opinion, I, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. But when it's an actual gun company that makes real and fake firearms, right? That's yep. a, it's a sad day when they're telling, when they're, you know, out there t- basically telling our kids like, "Oh, guns are evil and scary. Don't take it." Well, no, I don't, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I really think that last line is the key. They're saying make keep airsoft safe. They're they know they're persecuted. They know that people are going to grab an airsoft gun because it's you know cheaper, lighter, you know, legal uh, to walk around with. And then they're going to do dumb stuff, and then somebody's going to you know, potentially blame the airsoft. Uh, you know, they, oh, it pokes me in the eye. You know, there's a million things that could happen. So I think that's the key, though, is that they're saying keep airsoft safe. They're trying. They're saying that is like, uh, hey, you know, you're representing our industry. Like, don't be a Yahoo out there this Halloween. And I think they could have done a better. If that's truly the case, if I'm right, they could have done it way better than, obviously, getting it to where you think that they're saying guns are bad. Because I don't think they're saying guns are bad. I'll agree with you, G. I think it's a poorly worded PSA. Um, yeah, and I can see that. It could definitely be just, you know, and they are European, so I, I can see that. Oh, yeah, and, and sure, like, you know, if if a, if a, somebody walks up to your house, you know, in, in a full battle rig 
with a with an M6 with something that looks like an M16, of course you're not going to consider the fact that it's Halloween and it might be a costume. You're no, just going to open gonna fire on that guy right away, right? You're going to jump away. <laughs> yeah, like oh, there was a bunch of kids trick or treating and a terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know there's you know you know there's some guy out there right now screaming back, "Honey, get my good PBR hat! I got Osama!" You know because he doesn't understand costumes. See, my my opinion is if more people carried real guns, then the people carrying fake guns would become a self limiting problem. Well, how because many, they'd end up getting their ashes shot off. How many open carry states do we actually have? I'm just curious. Well, I'm not yeah. talking open carry. I'm just saying if you carry it, you know, if if you conceal carry or whatever, the people that are trying to use airsoft guns to rob banks and hold up liquor stores and shit like that, they become a, a much less of a problem if everybody else around them is carrying a real hardware. Well, I mean, and that's just true of crime in general. Yeah. 45 states have open uh -oh. carry. Hold on. Did you already... I was in there petting the dog. Were you guys already talk about the comments that came through here? Not yet. Mm -hmm. right. Who's comments? So we talked about this, uh, whatever this is, info. Yeah. Right. And it says it's illegal to brandish your firearms, blah, blah, blah. Keep airsoft safe. So then Dead Horse comes along and says, I don't know if these are in the right order or how they do it here. What is this? See, I don't know how they do this order on a phone. You can you can sort it by different ways. I'm going to assume this is. I can know, already see the not with a kid dying comment. Yeah. So friendly reminder: it's a really bad idea. Only a weak society. So dead horse comes along. Only a weak and fearful society is it a bad idea? We used to run around with tons of guns. And then this guy says. Blah blah blah. Argue over it for all eternity. Let's play it safe. Carry on a toy gun. More important than somebody's life. But who said it? Dog that, come on, it's Halloween, right? So, yeah. uh, um, Dead Horse says, and this is how we teach our kids guns, guns are bad. Uh, don't take your evil, scary, fake toy guns with you as part of your costume because some tax collector might kill you. Goes, we're not a hill worth dying, worth a kid dying on. And again, I can't, I know this was Umrex saying it, like re agreeing with that other guy. So this is more than just, hey, let's post this. But no, this is them like really being worried about kids dying. So again, is is there ever been an instance of a kid dying on Halloween because a cop, a police officer was like, oh, yeah, there was all these little trick-or-treaters and the shortest Obama, Osama I've ever seen. So I took them out. Our greater danger happens every year is the kids that get killed or injured running across the street in front of a car and get hit. Oh, yeah. The right. Old, so their costumes. Well, there was like a lot of concern about the razor blade and apple. And as far as I understand, that's a Snopes. There's like, no, that's never actually happened. No, the they, whole, found, they found meth and pixie sticks this year. That's the only one I've really heard. Okay, you've heard. So go to Snopes and see if it's a legit because there's always something that somebody heard of a thing or they heard of a thing. That's what I'm saying. That's what Halloween is. It's just fuck with kids so uh anyway nobody wants to eat a candy apple nobody wants to eat a popcorn ball so that's why the people quit putting those things out but you know it's easy enough to say oh they quit giving those things out because so-and-so was putting razor blades in them anyhow 
So there's suppose this perception that kids are going to die, and again, it's Halloween. Like, look, well, a cop is just slaughtering people on Halloween because they have guns on. I want I want to touch on something about kids dying with toy guns because there's been a couple incidences in the last like ten years that have kind of, that kind of sort of come to mind, and in each of those incidences, we've been lucky enough to have video of the incident, and in each incident, none of the kids were let's be honest, innocent in their actions or how they reacted when the police approached them and told them to put it down. Oh, no, no. There's this one I can think of that was, it's years ago now, maybe two years ago, where some kids basically standing there next to a, what do they call them, roofs at a forest preserve? You know, you're just standing next to this roof, whatever, you know, like picnic benches underneath of it. And this cop just comes flying up out of nowhere. There might have been two cops in the car comes flying up out of nowhere, throws on his brakes like skids to a stop just right in front of this kid who's just standing there. And then the other cop jumps out and shoots him. And, you know, we don't know what happened before that, but, you know, the, the part that we see there on the video is like the kid's just standing there. And they come flying up and shoot him. And I don't know, I don't know any kids that really trick-or-treat by themselves anymore. No. Especially well, now today's an A, so it's usually a group, and they're always they're gonna have a bunch of different costumes, right? And a lot of times, especially if it's any kind of younger kid, like you know, under the age of like maybe twelve or eleven or something, then there's usually a parent in that group and stuff like that. And I I don't think it's a real thing. I don't think that's a thing that actually happens on Halloween. Is that kids are getting killed because they have a toy gun or a toy knife or something like that? It's, I, it's, I just don't think that's a real thing. Oh, hold on. of it, the whole thing. There are so many mitigating circumstances with Halloween. And for these guys to say, oh, yeah, it, you know, dangerous Halloween, be home, keep, keep stuff safe. It's like, what are you, a two-year-old? All right. That makes no go. sense to me at all. Happy Estla, right? LOL. I'm sure that in countries where firearms are illegal and over-the-counter, to walk with a replica airsoft is a bad idea, with an exclamation mark. Let's hope that your country will be able to free itself from the free circulation of arms and finally become civilized. Right, the guy's just totally anti-gun. <laughs> Fuck you, you uncivilized motherfuckers. Yeah, well, I'll tell you right now, armed societies that I've been in have always been the most civil. It's the unarmed ones I've been in that have been the most savage. That guy, oh, maybe he's just stirring the pot. He might just be stirring the pot. So this guy says not even at a comic con. So I can almost understand that because you'd be walking through a city and somebody might not have any idea that there's a comic con going on and call the police on you. But uh, going around on Halloween, I think that uh, there should be something, some some sort of anti. Let's all hide our guns on Halloween. Well, most comic cons and stuff banned weapons a couple of years ago just because of people beating each other with blunt object weapons they made. So that's kind of a blanket statement. Well, I don't know, but they're also not kids. Those are a bunch of old people doing their weird things at this point. Yeah. yeah, and the whole point of Comic-Con is to be as accurate as possible, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the things that costuming and shit is judged on is, Only does it look like the real thing? 
but only to people that are trying to win a contest. Some people just want to participate and be there wearing something more fun than their regular clothes. Yeah, and yeah. Wear a blue shirt instead of the fanciest version of the costume. But at the same time, if they own airsoft stuff, they I don't think they should be shunned. And, and again, if you're putting together a shitty Laura Croft costume and it's got two of the wrong models, but they're still, you know, pistols, you know, then let her wear that. I don't know why. Just for yucks, yeah. You're just doing and, it for yucks. Yeah, and then what you're gonna say again, like whatever you were saying before with the Halloween, you're gonna say that some chick, you know, wearing this like crazy get up that almost looks cartoonish is gonna be the terrorist. Like cops are gonna jump to that conclusion. No. I think there's again a lot of this like Hey, let's err on the side of caution so much that we agree to this. This is engineered. This isn't like uh, and some gun guy came along and said, "Hey, let's let's just start harassing people for let's shame people because they like their firearms and want to express you know use their be, have their firearms be part of their Halloween costume." So, you know that wasn't a gun related thing. That was inspired by watching some news article on a. You know, TV or on the radio, where they were they were shaming guns and oh, gun owners let their kids go around with guns and it scares people and nobody wants to come up to you know come to the door and see a bunch of people with guns. It scares them because again, they can't remember that it's Halloween. They're coming to the door to feed kids. You know, they just thought they were coming to the door and all of a sudden there's guns. Can and that's where the gun people fall for that bullshit line of you know quote unquote reasoning, and that's where they unknowingly participate in that fucking agenda I just and, and, and look and look what they attracted look what they attracted in the comments the first thing they did was attract the gun grabbers the people that think you a civilized society there wouldn't be any guns around anyway right True. so True. it's another case of you give them an inch and they take a freaking mile these guys say hey you know let's not get the airsoft folks in trouble by by doing airsoft stuff and the guy in the comments says yeah and you shouldn't have any guns anyway to start with you that's, know what i mean you, you yeah. can't that's exactly no such thing is reasonable that's exactly what i was trying to get to when g webs had mentioned because the philosophy of error on the side of a caution is extremely common and that's and people who believe in that in its totality are also the same ones to believe, and that's exactly why there should be no guns, period. Well, I like a quote that I heard when I was a teenager. Always err on the side of freedom. So forget caution. Let's err on the side of freedom and rights. So, yeah, if your kid, if your kid dressed up like a soldier and has a toy gun to go with their costume, by all means, let them go with it. We have multiple generations sold on the concept of error on the side of caution. I mean, I've heard that from people of all ages. Yeah, but as but that's as an individual, not as a society. You know, it's it's one thing for an individual to say, "I'm going to teach, I'm going to be cautious and teach my kids to be cautious." It's another thing for people to say, "And you have to be as cautious as I am too." But it's a it, it all comes down to the individual. Stop telling me that I have to act like you. Because that's where we get in trouble. I don't care how you act, you know, as long as you don't tell me how I have to act. And that's what this is all coming down to. And then they go right back to, but, but, but Bill, let's err on the side of caution. 
No, let's not. But the, let's but they believe in that wholeheartedly. They'll come right back to it. It doesn't because the, it demands no facts to back up. It's just simply a belief by a, a emotion. But let's be reasonable. Let's use common sense. Can't we err on the side of caution? And no, because let, let's decide who decides what caution is. Who decides what common sense is? You can have these kinds of arguments with these people, right? But they'll they'll come back with, well, that's, that's you're not being reasonable. You know, you're not even trying to use common sense. I, I oh, and, and I'm not proposing this. I'm just saying this is what I hear over and over and over again. It's like circular reasoning with these people. It all comes down to shaming. You don't act like me, so you're unreasonable. You don't yeah. do what I want you to do, so you're deplorable. Yeah. You know, it, and, and I refuse to get I refuse to get dragged into to things like that. Right. On. I don't have those kind of arguments with people anymore you're because you, say, you can't win. We kind of going off topic, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I do think there's some ways to parry that. To stop, um, you know, I've, I haven't recently been thinking about it, but you know, last when we've talked about topics like you know, it's been more of an issue after a big situation, which is actually a time to try to come up with new strategies. That's when we should be, you know, evaluating our strategies. Knocking their mic around, but. Um, not me. Uh, my thing has been a lot to not depend on self-defense and not to fall into their ambush or whatever. And it's not as though the person that we might be having the talk with or the discussion, you know, knows that they're part of an ambush. It's just that they're only going off about it because they've been called to action as part of a larger strategy ambush type of thing. And in a general let's attack gun ownership every time a, a tragedy or an atrocity, excuse me, happens with uh, um, a firearm, right? So anyway, what I would say is if they're going to suggest that uh, all firearms be banned, then talk about uh, um, the, the consequences or the, the uh, results of when you have firearms and the lethal consequence to uh, law-breaking, uh, violent action, then what happens when you remove that consequence or you remove that potential for that lethal consequence? And then I think what that might do is not necessarily sell them into being pro-gun, but if it knocks them off of their, you know, their uh, program's uh, plan of attack, they've only got a three-step attack. Like, you, you, there should be no guns pause and wait for response and then then say you know xyz like oh you don't even care about the children pause wait for response and then you know you're a, you hate or whatever you know then that's the end of their little thing so if you don't do their what they're expecting then i think you might well i've talked about it before i think you got a chance of actually challenging them to then go back to wherever it is they get their data from wherever they feed from and then to start scrutinizing, where do I, you know, where do I get a rebuttal for this? And then now they're in the game. Like they have to now start looking stuff up. And any reasonable person, once they start looking at their their side and the numbers, I don't know. It's possible that their numbers are just so screwed that, you know, they could be on that side for a while. But I suspect anybody who really starts digging into it, uh, it's really, really tough. They they have to pick the outliers and they have to pick specific like you know segments of of time in order to to just you know to ver to 
to you know to justify some of their positions on stuff you know as far as statistics and things so uh anyway that's i would say is there's there's got to be ways that we can take them from that uh you know there should be no guns kind of three-step and just uh give them something they side you know a screwball something they're not expecting oh and i'd like to add something to that g and that's that learn to recognize when you're talking to a zealot because when you when you do something like g's talking about where you're able to put forward information and then they just insist upon repeating the same talking point and they're showing you that there's nothing you can say to have a conversation it's okay to walk away <laughs> Welcome to every family gathering I've ever been to. Well, that's a good point. I was going to say it's probably better to walk away for your sanity and for just so you don't waste your time. But if you're, oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I've watched so many gun guys lose their cool because they don't they, they think that they're going to get through to somebody who's a zealot. And it's just like, you know, just, at the end of the day, just walk away. It's not worth your energy. It's not worth your stress. Save that. So that way you don't become so jaded that when you do have the opportunity to talk to someone who's willing to listen, that you're not so jaded from dealing with those other people. That's all. Damn, I didn't mean to kill the, kill the chat no, there. Uh, my letter will start off, uh, Dear Mom and Dad, I'm writing this before the holidays because I need to just walk away, as I've been told by my friends, my new internet friends on the internet. I need to just step away. So have a good life. Goodbye. No, with family, I just recommend not broaching the topic. <laughs> you make it sound like that's a bad thing. And I, I have to tell you, I, I have had toxic relatives, and I have totally cut them off. And that's not a bad thing. Well, if it was a sideways relative, that's one thing. A, a brother, an uncle, an aunt, a cousin. Dana, my best advice to you is my, understand my mom's somebody who is a bleeding heart liberal. And me and my mother get along solely because we have an understanding that I won't upset her by saying what I believe when it comes to those topics and she won't bring them up and force what she believes on me. And that's how we get along. That's or reasonable. Do, or do you got somebody that won't leave it lie? Oh, well, I got uh, leave it lie because like, as an example, I, I, I go visit TV's on and it happens to be news time. And this is traditional. Oh, it's six o'clock. We watch the news flip on the news. And the first thing that comes up, you know, such and such was shot today. Okay. Here, here it, I, I know here it comes. <laughs> but just to say it to say it and you got to sit there and deal with it or like oh you're here well, so let me it, it'll you. be one of those baiting comments like i can't i can't believe that they allowed this man to have a gun and, and just like throw it out there like it's not directly to me but just like throw it out to the group that's watching the tv or or some variation thereof yeah i watched a thing a long time ago about you know you got you you can go back when you go return and it's a little different for you you're a lot closer but you know for me it was more of once or a couple times a year i would go back to where i, where I came from 
-hmm. and uh, it was a basically uh, you know you you kind of I, I noticed that I would go back and become you know son grandson friend kind of thing as opposed to whatever the fuck I'd be you know started yeah. to do on my own. So anyway, there's a certain amount of like you got to figure out when to just beat Dana when you go back there, and you know they're gonna want to do what they are used to to. You know, yeah, it's it's just I find it very hard not to be the person that I am. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Go back to being Danny or whatever, either. Right, just yeah. like okay, this is going to take 35 minutes, and then or or like I say, maybe have like just a list of stuff that's. Well, what about them Dodgers or whatever? Fuck, they're not even. Not even. If if you know that that's a situation, and this is a classic example of that kind of stuff. And you know the TV's coming on at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock is when you go for a walk. You take the dog for a walk. You, you say, hey, I'll see you guys in a half hour, 40 minutes. And now they got nobody to bounce that shit off of. Yeah, yeah. that's probably a good idea. Time for a beer run. You don't have to engage. The important thing is you don't have to engage. And, and you don't have to just sit there and take it. You can actively say... I know this is coming. I'll see you guys in a half hour. Mm -hmm. Or an hour, or however long your yeah. nightly news goes. So just a just a suggestion. That you know, if if you want to get along, you don't have to go along to get along. You just have to know when to absent yourself and take yourself off the conversation because you know it's a no-win situation. You know they're not going to change their minds. So why put anybody through the stress of that? No, I got it. They probably think you're do they probably think they're doing you a favor by trying to convince you the other way. And oh, yeah. and you yeah. know, there's nothing you can do about that. So is this like um every, like a whole bunch of series of things, or is it just the gun thing? Like is it oh well, hell it's just the gun thing. Well, oh, like I, I had uh uh my my father asked me, and it's my mother and my father. Uh, asked me uh, just a couple months ago, I says, so what is it about guns that you like so much? Now, we've had this conversation in different forms and shapes many times over the years. And the reason it came up is because I was taking that class out outside of St. Louis. And so I went and I explained to him, gave him the same explanation I've given to him another time, but because it's something that he, it's, it's like explaining, why do you like peanut butter and jelly? If you don't like peanut butter and jelly, I can't explain it in a way that's going to make you like peanut butter and jelly. Or like if you were into cars and you were like, I'm going to some other state, you know, city in some other state for the weekend to experience my, you know, my enjoyment of cars. And then yeah, I'm going gonna, to the races or I'm going to a rally. Yeah, right. they're going to be like, I don't understand that. So you're wasting your money. Yeah. Right. right. And, and that's where you just have to agree to disagree and when they and when they come up to you and say tell me why it's perfectly okay for you to say i've explained this as best i could i'm not going to have this conversation again yeah like i don't think i explained this very well maybe there's some yeah. maybe can take you out that's another well, thing I, yeah. I think my dad said early uh, said uh alzheimer's because i literally said dad we've talked about this before and more than once I'm not sure what else I can really add to it. He says, oh, "Well, just tell me one more time." Oh, that—that's a whole nother—that's a whole nother ball of wax, brother. I, I've been through that. That—that—that's a whole nother thing. 
Yeah, we're not we're not responsible for solving your you know the parents' <clears throat> uh, dementia on. issues. Hold on, Just, if, if something is that a strategy though? Is it one of those things like so? How come you like uh, this girl, or how come you like this girl? How come you know if they didn't like her kind of thing? Like, is that the strategy? Like, ask you sixteen times, and that's his way of saying I'm still not satisfied with your answer. Change your habits. Basically. Yeah, okay. That doesn't mean it's dementia. That just means that's his way of saying, like, I'm still going to bug you about this because I don't like it, right? But that's why you have to point it out in such a way that makes it clear that you understand what's going on. You don't play the game of, okay, let me run tape number five for you again. You say, <laughs> I'm not going to have this conversation. Yeah. That's pretty much my thing, too. But I don't really you know, get because if you're honest with people and you tell them, like, you know, my sister used to drag me to all kinds of shit and I would make excuses, I'm busy, blah, blah, blah. And finally, I just started telling her, I don't like doing that stuff. Stop asking me to go there. If you want to ask me about other stuff, fine, and we'll do it on a thing by thing basis. And my life got so much simpler because I didn't feel bad about lying about the fact that I wasn't really busy or any of that shit. And I found it was a much better relationship to just be upfront and say, no, the next time you want me to go to watch people drumming, um, remember, I don't like that. And I'm probably going to say no. <laughs> you know? Well, I didn't mean to steer off the conversation. Well, it, it, it sort of comes around to how do you deal with people that have different attitudes than you about firearms and, you know. Yeah. Plus, you know, so dress up like a stormtrooper and carry a rifle in next time at Halloween and see what happens. <laughs> there you go. Or get your brown vest the next time you go for Thanksgiving, get your brown vest and your, your hat with the big buckle on it and show up with that. Yep. Or just get a big orange chip for one, for a real rifle. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> it's just a toy. <laughs> get, get a real AR-15 and, and paint the end of the, 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 uh, the muzzle device orange. Yeah. All right. I mean, so if you've been talking about that, what? in that chat earlier, uh, what do you think as far as that going into uh, any other, or going into, yeah, any other weapon territory? In other words, needing to be registered because it's trying to look like something that's not a firearm. I think I've already seen a statement somewhere, and granted this was years ago and I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure I already heard a statement or read a statement from the ATF saying that was like illegal, like that you can't do that. That uh, you can't make a, you can't paint the, you know, your flash hider orange on your AR-15. I'm pretty sure I read something about that a couple of years. I don't know if that stood up. I don't know if that's even a thing. It would make sense because they basically said in some places it's even a law that you should, you know, for safety or for concern or whatever, make the muzzle, the bear, you know, the end of the barrel orange on a toy so that little kids don't have to worry about it. And it's a federal law that all, all, all of the imported uh, airsoft guns have that orange tip because there was a case where a, an airsoft shop got raided by the ATF because they were selling airsoft guns from China without the orange tip. All right, but that's to sell them and to take possession, maybe, but probably just to sell them. Once you own it, it's your property. You do what you want. There's no law that says you have to have it federally. Well, so, I don't. 
to, to try to address your question that you're asking here, G, I don't know if this is a California thing or if this is a federal thing. And I've never bothered to look it up uh, because I just knew it was the rule I had to live under. You may not take any real firearm and modify it in any way that would imply that it is not a not a functioning firearm. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, so if you were to take something that is a fake firearm like an airsoft that has to be di differentiated by the orange tip and then emulate that situation, I think that would classify as an a firearm trying to look like a not firearm and therefore would need to be registered as any other weapon. I would say that that is accurate. For the $5 it costs for the tax stamp, I think it'd be better to play it safe than sorry if for some reason that's what you wanted to do. No, no. If someone were, no, there's no way to do that. You'd have to get a, a receiver. But anyway, it's 200 to create another weapon. It's $5 to transfer it. So wow. if an SOT were to create it for you, you'd have to create that gun, and you'd have to buy that whole gun just to be able to get it for the $5. So he can create it, do whatever the form three is or whatever it is, and then, you know, it's a gun, and then sell it to you or transfer it to you. But if you trans if you create it, then it's two hundred bucks. That kind of like I've seen a lot of those Glocks being uh, Cerakoted up to look like the old Nintendo Zapper gun and stuff like that. So I kind of I don't I mean, know for a lot of things. That's one of those things I'm not going to comment on their Facebook, on their Instagram or something. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm wondering about that. Well, my understanding about with all like the the crazy uh, Glocks and stuff you're talking about, because I wondered about that a little bit. And when I was asking around about it, the answer I received was that the there's somewhere it's you talk about how all toy guns, the guys said the colors orange, have to have that orange tip. That's why you're not seeing that type of tip put on any of these Glocks and stuff is because that's kind of where the distinction is. There's certain designators that are designed to say that this is a non-operable slash toy firearm versus cosmetic features that can be applied to any gun. That was my understanding. Yeah, that would make some sense, but... The uh, Nintendo thing doesn't have an orange tip, does it? Oh, it does. No, no, it doesn't. It used to be gray, but then they changed it to the handle, and part of the like the barrel of the gun was all orange later on. But originally, there was no orange on the zapper. But later on, they pretty much made that whole zapper orange. Did they? I, I no, was not aware of that. Of so many police were busting into kids' basements and like grandma's back rooms and being like, oh, this kid's got a gun, and shooting them. That was happening a lot back in the 80s. All right, so, oh, is Dano still in here? Dano, yeah. you still? No, I'm here. All right. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there's the original, and then there's the orange one. I didn't even think about that. Um, have you listened to the James Yeager's podcast? You mean his most recent, or you mean any of them? Any of them? Uh, I've listened to a couple minutes of them. Holy! I've never, I've never heard a whole one. Has anybody else listened to J James Yeager's podcast? 
Never. No. All right. So if you're one of the people that have already judged James Yeager based off of YouTube videos, then don't even listen to this show because you're really close-minded. Uh, James Yeager is one of the most authentic human beings I, I've met ever. <clears throat> he's a cool dude, and he's a, uh, I mean, I can't even imagine a more true patriot. So, um, you know, he's doing his thing, and he was uh, chief of police for a minute. He did some undercover stuff for a minute. He was, a, a, what do they call a contractor for a bit. Uh, he started taking classes in, the, I think, the 90s, uh, in early 90s, and uh, then started being an instructor. And ever since then, he's, like, gone out and taken more classes and, and brought his, uh, those kernels to his curriculum, very Jeet Kune Do-like. In other words, it takes the essence or the kernels of different techniques and places and puts them all together. He emphasizes mindset and knowledge over gear and tactics. So uh, really freaking uh, cool dude. And because he's getting jacked around on the YouTube and the YouTube was, imagine, interesting for him. He's been in a movie. He's probably written stuff. I know he did DVDs way before the internet was you know, fast enough to deal with video. Uh, he's had a forum. Uh, he's been online on other forums since like the 90s. So he's savvy and he's a pretty smart dude. And, uh, you know, YouTube, I think was, like I said, I think was fun for him and he thrived on it. And when YouTube pulled the plug on his channel for whatever reasons it was, you know, he looked for other sources and in the, right at that point, he started doing this uh, podcast. So December of 17. So, you know, not quite a year ago. And this first one, I don't know if I listened to the first one. I think I might've started listening to three or four. And uh, just listen to occasional ones here and there. I know James for a while now, and I don't watch any of his videos or anything. But I've you know been to plenty of his classes, so I've heard him talk about stuff for a long time. And he's got a unique you know cadence and rhythm, and he's got some stories and stuff that he likes to tell. And you know I've heard some of the stuff, but uh, so I've been kind of picking through here, thinking I've heard some of this stuff before, you know, or at least you know. I'm assuming. But anyway, so I'm picking through here and some of these things, like the people he interviews are insane. Like they're legit. Like I say, he's taking a lot of classes. And when there's somebody who's also an authentic human being, like you can usually use a barometer to uh, the barometer I use to tell if somebody's legit or not is how Jaeger deals with them. So Jaeger doesn't deal with people that are fake. Like if you're just an empty shell of a human, He'll just keep moving like that. So he's, you know, talks to some people who are legit and uh, and these interviews with them are like very casual uh, people that, you know, have uh, very not exact, but, you know, comparable experience levels. And man, these are some of the coolest. I don't know if you want to call them. They're just conversations. You know, it's James Yeager, too. So I probably emulate his style to some extent of not putting a heck of a lot of emphasis on production or structure and just kind of kicking it and doing it. Um, but he's definitely good at that. And these things are great. <clears throat> so I can't recommend them enough. Some of them are like six minutes long. Some of them are 47 minutes long. There's Where do you no get that feed from? Well, I'm giving you the link right now. <clears throat> and I ask that only because I don't think those are up on YouTube. At least some of the ones I, I've seen. Just audio. 
And I think he started this after he got kicked off of YouTube. I think it's just on his website. It's on MFCEO, motherfucking CEO Jaeger. Because he does a once a week thing that he still does, but that's not it. Okay, yeah, I don't know what this is. Some of them are him and some of them are uh, him and some other guy. Uh, they're super awesome. And because they're just um, kind of conversations with his friends, uh, and but with a little bit of like structure, like let's talk about the first time you did this or let's talk about the, the opening of your school. Um, just super neat recollections of of the old days and man there's so much information in here I've, I've already grabbed off it just maybe four of them and uh anyway that's our not really a gun channels member that i don't think james ever been on gun channels but again uh again if you're completely made up your mind on jaeger based off of some youtube videos uh i mean he's he's very got his hand he's got his uh what am i trying to say oars in the water many oars in the water youtube was just one of them and uh very legit training as well. I mean, Dano, you're not the biggest fan after getting shot in the chest, all that, but you still uh, seem yeah. to. Uh, you know, I, I do have a, 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 a issue, but it, it, it's not the sort of thing that it would interfere with me recommending uh, taking training from uh, tactical response. In fact, uh, I had posted a message over on gunchannels.com earlier today. I had received an email because I am a multi-alum over there. Um, and uh, they are running, and I, I believe it's all of 2019, uh, but a hundred dollars off on Fighting Pistol, which is kind of like their their gateway class to everything else. Uh, and the uh, um, trying to find the uh, discount code. So if you sign for, up for it online, just use the discount code, all one word, first time students. Uh, all one word. Don't worry about capitalization. Just make sure it's all one word, and you should get a hundred dollars off. On what uh, Finding Pistol, I know last year it was uh, $500, and it's been $500 for a number of years. I don't know if the price is going up or not, or if it's still $500. But if Wait, you're you ever taking a class there, I'm sorry, go ahead. I cut you off, go ahead. Uh, if you've never taken a class there, and, and I would really encourage you, to, if you're ever going to take a class from him, take the Fighting Pistol. That's the, the, the class I would suggest you take. Um, is why not get a hundred bucks off? All right, so. so just and now you're not getting paid a dime. You could no. probably go to a class for free if you wanted, right? Probably. Yeah, and I can go to class for free anytime I want. So I don't know if we're getting paid, but that I got I can go to classes whether or not I say this or not. Let me put it that way. Does that mean I'm not getting paid? I don't know. But would you, I'm asking Dano? Uh, would you say that that's uh, worth the five hundred dollars, the ex the knowledge and the experience that you gain. The um, the lectures alone were worth the five hundred dollars I paid, and I paid for every class I took down there. And that, and again, we're not. I guess we're just kind of turning this into an impromptu commercial for Tactical Response. But first off, I'm going to put a disclaimer: this is Tactical Response specifically. There's other classes like Asada U who would be similar. Um, level, but there's this is specifically tactical response. I mean, it blows away some of the other stuff that's just all tactics or just all technique. His mindset part is necessary, you would think, or I would I would suggest. But is that are you are you in agreement? 
Oh, oh, very much so. It puts, it helped me put in order what I kind of thought was the case, but I hadn't really fully thought it out as far as the priority of what should come first above all else. And then what would be number two and what's last, which is gear, doodads. That's always going to be last. Um, and we're saying it kind of summarizing what two plus days of experience and knowledge and information dump as well as getting out and practicing some of the skill sets and stuff so you know we're doing a poor job of it here but um anyway i guess i started that whole thing off if you're if you're gonna already give uh, um an opinion of the gagger and you've never met the guy and you're just basing off of youtube videos uh hopefully you'll take some of these other endorsements that uh i mean he's definitely a alpha dude or whatever and he's going to do whatever he's going to do and that means some people are going to get rubbed the wrong way but if you can either ignore that or get on his good side and be down with that or just be you know interested in watching a guy be cool like that then uh you know just comfortable being like that and being comfortable having not everybody love him uh it's just a super interesting dude to be around but uh the classes are the essence they're literally the essence of all the other good stuff that's out there and he has such an excellent relationship with people um that they don't they don't nobody considers it like oh you're stealing my thing like no they're they're all sort of like a martial art or an artist really and they're kind of developing this stuff anyway some of these interviews were, were ultimately interesting because some of these other guys who are legendary in the field of gunfighting or training um Kind of all have that same mindset but they all come at it from just a little bit different angle and of course different experiences and uh super neat so uh having somebody like james is not just you know even myself like i'm kind of aware a little bit i wouldn't know what questions to ask but these guys know their each other's stories so they know how to get something out of somebody by you know prompting them for the piece that they're looking for out of a story or whatever so really really neat filling in a lot of gaps i can't wait to go through and and listen to some of these podcasts again um with some like a notebook or something just kind of piece together some of the stuff i've been curious about over the years so anyway it's uh send a link out there and uh give it a shot sometime that was a free plug for that response i heard his uh from several people his medical classes are second to none yeah, on the medical classes, the very first time I was down there, a medical class was finishing, and some of those students were also in my um, the first class I took down there, which was fighting pistol. And so I got a lot of time to ask them about that medical class. And um, uh, James, nor do any of his uh, nor normal cadre, do not teach that class. They have an outside uh, person come in. That, that does that full time. So you're not getting somebody that, oh, 95% of the time is doing guns and then 5% of the time whips together a medical class. That's not what it is. Mm -hmm. All right, well, their mm -hmm. curriculum is designed that anybody can teach them. It's not the, it's not the instructor that's the, the essence of it. It's the curriculum and the, the whatever, this, the, what do you call it when the, the schedule? What do you call it when mm -hmm. you go? Anyway. Um, 
yeah, and things may have changed. This was 2017. So what was true, you know, now versus let's say five years ago, 10 years ago, I have no idea. Well, that's true. I, I took it in 14 or something, 15. I don't remember. So uh, anyway, their medical class is awesome. I'm a paramedic. I, I completed whatever paramedic school back in the day. And then beyond that went to be a nationally registered paramedic, not a paramedic. What am I fucking saying? EMT. Fucking paramedics, way more school, sorry, uh, EMT. Uh, but uh, so I've experienced uh, whatever's that, seven, eight hours worth uh, semester, whatever. Well, you know, it's a pretty major class. It's like, you know, a lot of info. Nothing like the, the emergency medical from tactical response. Uh, I've done all different kinds of cl medical classes over the years, supplements and things and stuff before doing the EMT stuff. And the, the their medical is way better than anybody else's anything close right and what i was uh, going to follow on with is is every person i talked to uh whether it was just for that one night and they were then they were leaving or whether it was students that were continuing on into my class uh is they felt that the medical class was absolutely outstanding mm -hmm. uh, some of these students were first-time students some of them had were alumni some of them it is had taken many classes at other locations but it was their first time to tactical response and all of them were highly impressed with the medical class offered there. Uh, can I can I touch on this just for a second? Yes. Uh, it's on topic, but slightly off. I've never worked with James Yeager's medical class or anything with Yeager, so I can't speak to that, but I do hear highly of his program. What I'd like to say about other people is medical, I mean, first aid, medical classes, all that kind of stuff is arguably just as important if not arguably more useful a lot of times than what a lot of people think about when they think about training. Everybody thinks about running and gunning, but that medical aspect is probably one of the most useful and in many cases uh, undervalued aspect of it. And one great thing about a medical class that I think would benefit a lot of people is you can even get people who may, aren't necessarily uh, full gung-ho pro 2a to be interested in taking a medical class with you and it's a could be it could be that gateway for you and even something that maybe you and someone don't necessarily you'll never see eye to eye about guns but if you have that in common it gives you a bridge that's so. that's definitely advice but not for jaegers <laughs> you're pulling guns in jaegers class you got to bring a gun to jaegers medical class no i i just meant in general gee that's, that's like i said it's on topic but off <laughs> yeah yeah uh, another thing I'll just throw out there is just because it relates to my own personal experiences. I've taken like the Red uh, Red Cross classes and things like that for uh, emergency health. And, and and those are really what I'll call boo-boo uh, uh, kit kind of classes for all practical purposes, uh, with the exception of CPR. It's, it's in no way comparable to the breadth and depth of these types of classes that they're offering down there. Um, also, since we're talking about it and he's got all these free plugs today, uh, did, he, did you notice that he's doing a family one now? <clears throat> uh, yes, I did. I cannot talk about it because I did not read that section closely because I don't necessarily have a family plan. But yes, they also have um, another class. I don't have my email opened up uh, to what's called after the fight because that, that's they have a, one class called the fight, which is their 
force on force sort of a thing. No, no, no. it's not called after the fight. <clears throat> I think that implies it might be something after a lethal force incident. It's an additional class that you would take, like the fight part two, from what right. I understand. Yeah, I may have mis, uh, misquoted the, the, the but class. No, I just didn't want to, if anybody think like, you know, that it's something to do like after the lethal force incident, having you know, counseling or something, but it's more like a, an advanced I, I, oh. fight. But anyway, yeah. the family one I thought was neat. It was, uh, I forget the price, 600 bucks or something. <clears throat> and it's one adult and one kid under 18. So, uh, you know, parent and a kid could show up and learn, uh, I guess, team tactics to some extent. At least experience the class together. But I suspect doing some sort of, you know, if it's family, maybe... Uh, working together to know, you know, if someone's got a, gra a gun, go grab yours and do this kind of thing. I don't know. But anyway, it'd certainly be interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the email now so I can speak more accurately. Uh, family Fighting Rifle uh, is one of their new classes for two people, one being under 18 uh, for $600. Um, and then they have uh, a new coupon code called Family and Friends for two people. To take the same class for $250 off. That's brand new. I had mentioned the first time student for $100 off for, for Fighting Pistol. Um, and it's called The Fight Continues. That's the name of the class. And they also have an advanced uh, immediate action medical class, which is also new for this year. All right. Thanks for jumping in. So those are also, you know, again, new additional classes. And then it's called uh, The Fight Continues, um, which is the Force on Force and the other one I already mentioned. All right. Well, we're done plugging Jaeger. Uh, yep. He's a good dude, and a lot of people, I think, get a bad rap. Or he gets a bad rap from a lot of people because, I don't know, they didn't like his one YouTube video or whatever. So um, or maybe a bunch of them. I really don't know. I don't watch his YouTube videos. I think we're done. Did we talk about a gun shop today? No. no. So Dead Horse and I went to a couple of different gun shops. I guess we're going to talk about... Oh, we only went to three, two gun shops. So we're going to talk about uh, Get Some, a uh, gun shop that he's been to, I think, and that's near uh, Salt Lake City. And it's a chain of five. I'm not sure if we talked about it or not, but it's kind of a, a shop that's in the um, in strip centers. So it might be its own building, more than likely. Uh, it sometimes it's uh, probably could take like uh, you know, like the uh, what am I trying to say? The uh, anchor spot in a strip center. So it's uh, I haven't seen all five of them yet, but I'm just guessing by the kind of consistent with the uniformity of the shops that I've seen so far and the uh, number of uh, the quantity of inventory. I'm guessing that they're a growing chain, so each store is probably getting a little bit bigger. I don't know if that are still in here. Yep. Yep. Just, no, you're right. Okay. So um, how big is their biggest store? Their biggest store is their, I think it's the second one that they made, and that's in Salt Lake. But uh, their newest one is the one that's out by me. That's their newest store. And, uh, they're, uh, I mean, they're, they're definitely, they definitely have a large inventory, um, of especially accessories. 
um, you know, optics, stuff like that. And then uh, they carry a large array of firearms. I mean, everything from classic Old West guns to just the newest state-of-the-art desert techs and stuff like that. And uh, most of them all have a range. I think they all have a range except one. So That's the other thing is they've got a range right away. And like you say, this the accessories. So I imagine there's some something to accessories and i don't pay enough attention when i go to these shops i just don't have the luxury of like hanging out at every single shop i think i do a pretty good job after being around for so long to absorb the quality of the shop um so in other words you can go into some shops and they've got the equivalent of uh you know whatever the sales rep told them was the most popular stuff to order you know they bought like you know, the most common stuff or the most universal stuff, uh, the cheapest stuff. Some shops have the opposite. Some shops are like, we have all CZs or we have all SIGs or HKs or whatever it is they're proud of. Or maybe they have only the most expensive, fancy, local-made holsters. You know, there's always these different kind of themes to the shop. And the, their theme was uh, you know, basically have a quality <clears throat> uh accessories instead of just accessories like instead of just having a flip up site they had some name brand that was you know medium to better is that's what it seemed like no that no they definitely carry higher end stuff you don't find anything that's uh no name there and uh they have fair prices they have a large selection of ammo and i don't know about all of them but at least mine um usually during the weekdays has a gunsmith on duty and if you have a problem with a firearm or you can't figure it out, you know, something breaks, you don't know what's going on. Um, if you bought the gun from there, they'll usually fix you up for free. And uh, even if you didn't buy the gun from there, sometimes they'll fix you up for free or, or help you out or get you pointed in the right direction by an actual gunsmith, not just a, you know, a salesperson. And that's pretty cool. I was going to say just, you know, having the the selection of quality stuff is, uh, you know, appealing for anybody whose option is to go online and only be able to buy it sight unseen. And then having multiple locations, I'm sure it gives them the ability instead of just buying, you know, a number of those uh, pieces of accessories or whatever colors, options, you know, instead of just buying like, well, how much is our store going to sell for the next three months? You know, let's make that order and maybe we gamble and order six months worth of stuff and get it at a little bit better price. You know, they can order six months worth and that price is going to be so much lower than a single shop having to buy whatever, you know, two years worth of stuff. So their, their scale has got to be something that leads to their success, I would think. I mean, I, I'm not saying every time you have six shops, you just automatically are going to get and, but I bet And you they are a manufacturer. They are manufacturing their own receivers and their own AR-15s. So like it says, uh, get some uh, guns and ammo right on them. <laughs> a variance, like they have a made, or literally there's a shop someplace in town with that they own that is... They bought, uh, as far as I know, that when... Uh, LAR Grizzly, when Remington bought LAR Grizzly out, they bought uh, some of uh, LAR Grizzly's old equipment. and They're using that to manufacture their own lower receiver sets. And they're doing it themselves. Right on. 
All right. Well, they're actually they're actually high quality, other than the long roll mark, the long name on them. But they're actually really nice receiver sets. They really are. So um, they're called Get Some, and there's I'm sorry, five locations. Yep. Okay. I think five. Yep. And I think all but one has a ring. Martin is saying, wow, first time over anybody talk positive about James. First time ever anybody talk positive about James? I don't think so. He's got a lot of friends. I think the problem with uh, Jaeger and the, the tactical response alumni is that they hang out on Get Off the X, whatever it's called. And now that he built the new system, and I got a lot more respect for him now that I've listened to some of the podcasts, by the way, because we're going back over to Jaeger. Um, because some of that first one I listened to was about him getting kicked off of YouTube and then building his own platform. And uh, I'm all about building your own thing, right? I, I've done that a couple of times. Um, but uh, the problem that you don't hear people talk positive about him is they tend to just hang out by themselves and talk positive to each other or not even talk about you know, They don't need to talk about it because they're all on board. Um, there's something about getting a firearm <clears throat> When, I don't know, a lot of people I, we talked to uh, didn't grow up with firearms or whatever, but even if you did grow up with firearms, that first time you start to carry, conceal carry or whatever, you know, there's that experience that you go through, that, that transformation from theory to, you know, living with the consequences and the responsibility. And then when that sinks in, you know, there's that certain, like, I don't know if people call it enlightening or some people call it a weight on their shoulders, but, you know, there's certainly something different there. Um, there's, you experience that when you first start to carry. You guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I felt like a, like a, what do you call it, a, a fish out of water when I first started carrying. Well, but then once you become comfortable, let me put, it, let me put that caveat on there. Once you become oh, comfortable. Yeah. And you, you, you understand the responsibility, and you get to that level, and then you become comfortable, and then it's like, all right, you've gotten to a level, let's say. And then you go to a, your first training class, if you ever decide to actually go to a training class, or you have the opportunity, and you go, um, maybe let's say before you're even training, I think more people probably experience a competition. You go to a Glock, go to a Glock thing, even if you hate Glocks, go to a Glock match. There's only three stages, so... You can watch an entire Glock match in like 20 minutes. So if it's something it turns out you hate, you figure it out in 20 minutes and you're out of there. But if you love it, you can sit there for 40 minutes and watch two people go through the entire match. So you get like a little tiny mini match that they give away like five or six Glocks at each one. So for the $35 it costs to, to, to play that game with Glock one afternoon at a range, uh, it's actually like 45 or whatever dollars per run. But it's again three runs, so you can or three three little stages, so you can. I've seen people do five, six times through it in an in a weekend, and each one of those is another potential to win a free Glock, either by winning the match or just randomly by being there. So anyway, uh, go to a match and you go to a match, and then you get that, again that kind of uh, you you feel like um, you you've you've figured something out like oh okay like there's a whole nother way to use firearms it's not just hunting it's not just target shooting right i get to run around there's holsters there's other people here that are you know really into this 
heck, people meet their loves of their lives at these things, right? Meet chicks and meet dudes that are into shooting, and, you know, they, they're happily ever after. So there's lots of cool stuff that goes on. Kids are there, um, you know, growing up and doing this stuff from the beginning. So they got all that kid agility and speed and reflex, and, you know, they're just dominating the sport and making it, you know, challenging for everybody else. You got the whole, like, competition between types of guns and calibers and polymer and steel and aluminum frames so uh you know there's all this kind of stuff going on so once you experience that for the first time you you know again you got that kind of feeling going on i'm trying to explain that you get these like different experiences as a firearms owner Uh, again if you go to training then uh for the first time and maybe not even the first time you go to training though at some point you're going to find an instructor who gives you that same level of like, you know, oh, okay, now I get it. Like I've I've figured out why these people who talk about training talk about training. There's there's something to to get there. And that's where that's hard to explain. I don't know if I've explained it well or not, but once you get to that level, I don't want to call it enlightenment because it's more of like an aha moment or something. But once you get there, depending on how you got there and what level of your experience or whatever. I think a lot of people from Jaeger, he's he's giving you a pretty good aha moment. I mean, like he's got some really, really good stuff and it just cuts right to the core. So you're just right there. And I think a lot of people that appreciate that are like, okay, I'm done. Like I'm going to go train other places, but people that hang out here like are good to go. Like no matter what, like the world ends tomorrow. These are the people you want to hang with. The world doesn't end tomorrow. These are the people you want to party with because they're just good people. You know, you need help, you got it. You, they need help, I'm giving it to them. And because of that, they've just got a really good community over there that's solid, and they're satisfied. They don't run around looking for, uh, you know, what, congratulations from a bunch of people who they don't even know in the rest of the world. You know, they're not looking for fame and glory. So I think James ends up saying weird shit or stupid shit, and then a bunch of people start hating on him, and he's... You've seen him. He just laughs and says, you put something in front of me. I'm just, it's something for me to stand on and say something dumb next. And uh, anyway, so I think that because he just does that and then steps back down and goes and does his own thing, people think that somehow it bothers him or something uh, or that he's not getting enough pat on the back. But no, he's, uh, he's got a, he's a good dude and he's got a good family, good community there that supports him. Well, he's definitely cocky and he just thinks it's funny to bug people because he knows it bugs people and he's he's savvy dude people think that they've been on the internet for a long time he's been on the internet like regularly since the mid 90s like longer than me really so uh i mean i was aware of the internet before that but i certainly wasn't using it you know i was fucking around during those years and he was already on there talking about guns and stuff and becoming an instructor and stuff so um uh, you know, as far as trolls and stuff, he's probably king troll in some respects because some of these kids probably were, like, I don't know if I can say being born when he was already possible for them to have been born in like the mid-90s. And yeah. then him have already been an internet troll while they were being born. Yeah, we had trolls. They had trolls in the 90s, I'm sure of it. Yeah, no, no, I'm just saying, if they were born in the 90s, they'd be 95, they'd be 
10 in 2005, they'd be 20 in 2015. Yeah, I guess that would make them internet know-it-alls today. And they literally were being born when he was already on the internet knowing it and learning it. Anyway, so uh, I was just responded to uh, Martin's comment out there. It's what it's kind of all about. So thanks for leaving a comment. The gun channel side has been a little dead. Uh, we do appreciate the people, though, that have uh, commented over there. It was definitely lively earlier. And uh, yeah, thanks again for the people that are willing to uh, stick through some of the glitches. It's as if YouTube doesn't have glitches or whatever, but people overlook them so easily when the rest of the uh, salty, tasty platform is so easy to consume. So... Uh, challenge yourselves once in a while. Get off that uh, the teat of the big platforms, uh, especially Facebook. I haven't even hardly used Facebook. Like all the stuff that points to Facebook is dead. I don't. I mean, maybe I'm suffering a little bit, I suppose. But uh, you know, these platforms are hardly necessary. And this, you know, as soon as more and more people, or as more and more people, let go of their ties to those platforms their friends do and then it's exponential same way they grew quickly you know they'll they'll expire and it's not like they have to go anywhere they've got the rest of the world and it'll take them a decade before they figure out we're not using it anymore right maybe not a decade but it'll at least take them a little while before they figure out we're not using it and uh you know the company will still be going and kicking out tax money to us so it's not like you're gonna bankrupt them by losing you know quitting support of them All right, well, I think we've talked ourselves out. I have. So I'm uh, going to end it so you don't have to worry about it, Dano. Thanks for stuck in, for jumping in. Uh, Dog, thanks for jumping in. You got anything coming up? Uh, yeah, not, we have, we're doing our contest right now. We're only a few subscribers away before we pick another winner for winning some free dog gear. So if you would like a chance to win free dog gear, please remember to use the Instagram hashtag, uh, MuscleDogMafia, when you make your Instagram posts to your four-legged partners. Uh, I got a question. Uh, if somebody wants to learn a little bit more about uh, the book that you have out, where can they get that? Go over to MuscleDogMafia.com, and the book is for sale all over that website. Right on. Then, uh, Dead Horse, you got anything coming up? You get done with the bathroom? No, my shot uh, almost. I got a shower door coming Saturday, and then it'll all be done. Then I'll be back to working on the gun room. And I'm picking up all my uh, wood sheetrock and stuff's going to be delivered Saturday for my gun room. So hopefully I'll have all that up by Monday. So, and uh, I just have a little PSA um, before we go. I just want to, you know, remind everyone that has kids out there, whether it's Halloween or not, whether your kids are using a cap gun, an airsoft gun, or whatever, make sure that you teach them right, teach them well, and uh, make sure that they know what to do. Right on. And let's put out a public service announcement because even though it is Halloween's almost over, just in case your kid's like, oh, crap, I almost forgot it's Halloween. I'm going to go run around and do trick or treating right now. Don't let them wear a Hillary mask. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See everybody tomorrow. Good night, guys. <laughs>